This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What the Feeling a bit like Alice tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? Aren't you ashamed? No, I'm not. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Think I'm entitled? You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I'm awake. Are you? Let's go now to our new episode of the Unfiltered Rise with me. Heidi Love. And welcome to another episode of the Unfiltered Rise. Today I have a special guest with me. How are you doing today? I am good. How are you? <laughs> good. Sean Chris is with Kill the Mockingbirds podcast. Why don't you tell us all about that? Well, Kill the Mockingbirds, we're news, paranormal, and conspiracies, meaning we try to touch everything and we come at everything from a different angle. Sometimes people aren't always ready for that. Like we love to challenge ideas. We think that we're against idolizing people. We're against, like, we tell people, don't idolize us. Don't idolize anybody. And sometimes, you know, what we like to say on the show is we can get people's butt cheeks a little tight because we say <laughs> stuff that challenges their belief system and they don't like that. So we will, that's right. pretty much what we do, but with paranormal, with uh, conspiracies, uh, hidden history, news, like we try to touch a little bit of everything, but we put our own and we do our own research. We look into right. everything and then we put it from our perspective. We go, we don't think necessarily we're right, but this is how we see it right now. And uh, like this I said, is sometimes, your spin on it. Yes. Yeah, our spin on it, it, it <laughs> resonates with some people and some people get angry and they write us long emails that we don't even read. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, so waste your finger, finger yeah. uh, spasms and don't write me that long email because it ain't going to work. <laughs> but we're also very lucky and fortunate. There's a lot of great people too that reach out to us and, and thank us. Or sometimes they challenge us, which we like. We go, yeah, Ooh. challenge us. Maybe I am wrong. Maybe yeah. you have some evidence that I don't know about. So I think keeping it open, mainly our show is like focused on challenging, critically thinking and really building your own self like we tell and breaking this whole idol worship people yes. worship celebrities people worship politicians they worship 
sports teams. Like, I mean, I love football. I watch all kinds of sports, but I'm like, you shouldn't let that dictate your whole life, your day. Like, you shouldn't be angry because your team lost. Well, maybe I'm just saying that because my team always loses. So maybe <laughs> <laughs> I'm just used to it. And I'm just trying to get everybody on my level. <laughs> Who, who's your team? Let's, I'm a let's Raider hear. fan. <laughs> oh, boy. So I'm a Niners fan. We'll get oh, that like out of the brother. way. <laughs> Don't hate me. I'll tell no, you why. Good. I'm not even that into football anymore since the whole kneeling. Cause it just, it, I was just done. And then of course it had to be the schmuck on my team. I'm not even going <laughs> to say his name because it doesn't even deserve it. But the thing is, is uh, my dad and me, when, when we were young, he said, pick your team on a super bowl. And it was my stepdad and he was really mean. And so I was, <laughs> he was going for the Broncos and it was when the Broncos played the Niners in the eighties. Yeah. And I said, whoever you're not going for, that's who I want. And they've been my team ever since. So, and they won. And I was like, yeah. And they killed them. Like they killed them. And I was like, like that. <laughs> that's so that is how I gotta it goes. Show love. Yeah. <laughs> See, I thought a lot differently. I was talking about Web to Weber's way about that too. Like me and him disagree on that, but like the whole kneeling thing, like I, like, I understand like Kaepernick and the end people's stance against him. And I understand like the, the propaganda when they see BLM, but I think people forget about the pluralism that Americans have. Like, it's the war machine. Like, and I'm not saying us Americans. I mean, right. us, the, the, our like as a country. Mm. Yeah. Our government is like throughout the world. <laughs> and when you see the stuff, like we see that the NFL merged with like the military, military industrial complex. And I think it was like in 99, 2000, I was wrong. I told him they didn't start saying the pledge of allegiance, but I was, it was more of like having that everybody out there together. Um, saying it. it was like you said it with the like crowd the players weren't out there at the time but then ever since they had that contract because the army the navy etc etc marine corps they pay advertising fees to the nfl and that's why we always see like oh. hey let's honor this veteran and to me that's oh. a continuation of propaganda where they're like hey man we gotta go to war man you know like look at these oh, poor guys yeah. his legs are gone man his legs are gone like you know what right. I mean? like, you're like all right like, and you don't even know like how that happened he could have just got ran over because he didn't watch <laughs> where he was going but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I always explain it like this, like, and my son, he was the first one to bring this to my attention when we got really into, I will say spiritual, spirituality, not religion. When we started mm -hmm. breaking away from that, he came home one day and he said, mom, I'm, I'm not saying the pledge anymore. And I was like, the hell you're not like everybody in our family was in the military, you know? Yeah. And he said, no, because you, you pledged to somebody other than God. He's like, and I don't feel good about that, but I'll stand. I said, well, your ass better not sit is all I know <laughs> because I will make it raise. Cause like my uncle was a green beret and my brother was in the Navy who's passed and like we, everybody, like my whole family. And so yeah, I my was whole like, family is pretty, not everybody, but pretty much <laughs> I have like my dad was in Vietnam. He was a Marine. Yeah. My grandpa was uh, in world war two. My grandma was in world war two. Yep. Like, but, way to go grandma way to go but grandma. i still think there's a lot of propaganda that yes. is like pushing in people and like i study a lot of propaganda like people's expertise are different like a lot of people are cults or mine mm -hmm. leans more to geopolitical slash propaganda and all that so that's where i'm that's my realm that's what i'm good at so you're really all about good. the edward bernays mm -hmm. yep. i was just gonna say edward yeah. bernays yes. and just like 
all this stuff that we do. And like, I understand like having a military. I'm not saying like, oh, we shouldn't have a military. But I think that sometimes us as Americans, we're foolish and we're like, yeah, we just just got to support the troops. And you're like, okay, look, like I'm not saying shit on the troops, like everything that happened, especially like my dad came back from Vietnam and how he told us like, you know, how they were treated and this and that. But it's like why we're in Vietnam in the first place. Like because of the, we the shouldn't Gulf have been Tonkin, there. The Gulf and, of and you know who started that? Do you know who started that? What the Gulf of Tonkin? Yeah. Do you the know? Whole, well, uh, it was uh, a B Johnson, right? The Lindsay but B. the person that helped execute it was the guy from the Doors' dad. Did you? Oh know yeah, that? yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Jim Morrison's Jim yes. Morrison's father. Yep, yep. And I was yeah, blown was away. A, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's. It's just tough because I'm like, look, I, I've i always been under the belief is there needs to be a declaration of war. If we're going to go to war, it has to be a declaration. Congress needs to say Congress, then to the Sanction Senate. Sanction it. Yes. Yep. But after yep. 9-11, after we had all that BS happen, what what happened? Yep. The the uh, Patriot Act. And then now the president gets to decide when we go to oh, war. Oh, yeah. So bad. I don't agree with that at all. And I, it doesn't mean I'm any less patriotic. Like, I absolutely love the troops. I absolutely love this country. I absolutely love, you know, everything that that represents. But it represents something different now. So it's hard to. Well, I, I like, would argue this, that it always yeah. has. Right. But like, so really? me personally. Like people always think like for me, like, oh, well, you must say I don't hate America. Th- let's not right. say that. I love America. I'm from here. Like I'm proud to be an American. But to close our eyes to the propaganda that has like rained upon us for decades and centuries since our initiation when we started. And if you don't if you look into the secret societies that are involved and stuff. Oh, and to, yeah. That's 100 percent kind of, Freemason right there. Yeah. One hundred percent. Like well, this country is related. This country <laughs> was founded on Freemasonry, period. Mm-hmm. And people think it was founded out of religious freedom. But that was just a, a show. That was just the vice that they put it under so that it could look good. It was exactly. actually about the Freemasons wanting their religious, so-called religious freedom to practice what they were doing. And I mean, there's not a place in the United States. I mean, I think every big city has a Mason's Lodge. Like it's very widespread. Oh yeah, they're everywhere, man. I very. see. I see them going to work all the time. But my mm-hmm. my co-host is a former uh, Mason. He was in that, and he he. There is a lot of insight too. Like I think that's again where <laughs> we get trapped in these cycles, and what we call them yeah. like these sheep mentality of where like you follow one thing you heard. Right. Everybody thinks like of COVID and they're like, oh, people were in Master Sheep. I'm like, well, you watching one documentary on right. Flat Earth. or Where you did you get your information? Yeah, exactly. Oh, and, they're, <laughs> and not letting it be challenged. You're like, oh, this is how it has to be. Like the people I like is like, you're not going to get it right. I'm not going to get it right. I'm going to get it wrong most mm-hmm. of the time. But when we're constantly trying to learn and figure it out and be like, OK, I could see this. I could move things around. There's a lot of people that are deep rooted and whether it be right. Flat Earth. Where, whether it be patriotism, there's people that like a lot. I was criticizing a lot of the conservatives because they were like, oh, I can't believe all these liberals are wearing masks. I said, I can't believe that you guys didn't make a fuss when TSA took over. And now we all have to go through metal oh, detectors and have to get yeah. patted down. You didn't say nothing then. It's because right. at that time they used that fear against them. And I'm not mad at them either because I right. understand it was fear to manipulate you to get to this point. But the fact that you can't see that you did that and this, they're doing the same thing to somebody else and you're getting angry over it. That's where right. I have an issue. 
I'm like, you're doing the same thing. And they, but they can't for see a different, the, the for a different reason, a yeah. different fear. Cause they're going to, yes. they're going to manipulate you off your fear. I mean, <laughs> that's what the devil does. That's why uh, to me, I always tell people too, cause there's a lot of people that give a little bit too much credence to the devil. Like they're like, Oh man, I'm like, I don't care. I'm not scared of that. Like, why would you, man, if you believe in God, like how could you possibly be scared of it? I'm not scared of any demon. Like I tell them all, like they could all catch these hands, the Nephilim, uh, uh, Aleister mm -hmm. Crowley, like uh, a demon, the devil, <laughs> like they could all catch the hands. Like, cause yeah. at the end of the day I'm protected. <laughs> and, and to me, there's even like, these people that go to church every Sunday, like, I don't go to church. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just not my thing. Church. I don't I don't criticize people. I think everybody finds their own way. But I'm mm -hmm. like, if you believe in God, how can don't be scared, man. Right, you should be, right. you should be like, I'm not I'm scared where's for your, them. Where's your faith? <laughs> where's your faith? If you believe, exactly. where's your faith? You know, if you believe, and even even on the flip side of that, like a lot of people will say, Oh, I'm an atheist, but I believe in demons. I'm like, that's not possible because yeah. If you don't believe in God, you can't believe in demons, you know, like, wait, and, and I, I mean, I've been in arguments with different people, but I'm always like, here's my thing. This is like an analogy for nursing. I've been a nurse 24 years and I always, anybody that's been a nurse that long will tell you the scariest nurse there ever is, is a nurse that thinks she knows everything. Same with people. When your mind is so set that you cannot be changed, no matter how good the argument is, no matter how much study somebody presents, that you are not growing anymore. You're stagnant and you have to be able to be, things change. The world changes, we change, life changes. You have to be able to learn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Always. Or you're burnt out. I tell <laughs> yes. like, like, cause with nurses, teachers, cops, um, there's a couple other fields that like deal with public, you know, like, uh, yes. social workers, you're constantly dealing with people. You get burnt out. Yes. You, you have get nurse to recognize. Ratchet. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what <laughs> they call it? <laughs> on, uh, on one flew over the cuckoo's nest, you know, oh, the yeah, nurse, that's right, that's right. nurse ratchet. Well, <laughs> once you get to that point, you got recognized and you got, you got to yes. try to step back yourself because, you're not, you're doing more harm than good. And yes, and that, and that doesn't mean that you were always thinking that way. No. It's because of circumstance, or maybe you need to go to a different facility or yes. you need some kind of change because your rut that you're in and you're getting the same type of patients, cops, the same thing happens with cops. Like yep. they, they get into this like cycle and then they hate their job. They hate their areas and then they're angry and then they abuse their powers. And that's not the only issue, but I'm saying that's one of them. And I always tell people like you gotta recognize it. It's not easy though. Like you have to constantly no. work and be like, oh man, I'm kind of. I can see that I'm kind of not acting right right now, but not everybody. Well, people wants to are that. people are like fearful to change too, and that's the mm -hmm. problem. Is I think that people are so scared to change. Sometimes they'll stay where they hate, like absolutely hate. When you don't know what's gonna op open for you, like I mean, that's a completely different like podcasting. I never thought that I would do podcasting. I, I didn't know how to do the computer things. None of it. It fell onto me. It was, I felt like it was called, you know, so I stepped up. But the thing is, is like, 
if I had been scared and just been like, well, I don't know how to do that, then I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah, that you just got to like do it. But that is true. People are stuck with change because and people get into this miserable like rut, not even just like in those fields in every field, like even in my field in warehousing and like people get mad at me because I'm like a positive person. Like, and that doesn't mean that I'm not like like mad sometimes everybody has a bad day but i'm always like when people ask me like how are you i'm like good always good like i'm always good and like they're like oh i used to say like ah it'll be all right like it'll be all right like there's oh man you you got like 50 pumps we need to pack we only gotta it'll be all right like to me i'm not gonna stress over something i can't control like that doesn't make sense to me but people also don't like to me i think they're lame like i think they don't have anything else in their lives so they put so much into this like drama at work and I'm like man just go get like a hobby or like like you're like, you're going to make it worse like, you're going to yeah, make like, it worse yeah cuz like, you have nothing else cuz you're <laughs> you're mis- especially people that are in a miserable relationship whether it's like married oh, yeah. or boyfriend girlfriend and then you're at a job you hate it's like <laughs> you have no in between it's the you double have, like, yeah you're like i guess taking a shower or using the restroom is your only peace if anything, right. and I'm like, man, you got to get out of that. But you are right. People are so fearful of change. I see it constantly. Like, like right now, my company is uh, uh, closing. I don't know. Well, I haven't signed any contracts yet because they said I could. I'm not talking bad about them, right? No, <laughs> it's but it's stuff is changing, right? No, they're closing, right? And like to me, I'm like, I don't care, man. I've been there five years. <laughs> I'm just like, it is what it is. I'm trying to get out as much money out of it as I can at this moment. But right. my boss, on the other hand, he's been there 17 years. He's freaking out. Oh, he's no. like. Oh man, like he's so mad. Like I can't believe it because he saw today. Uh, they emailed and they were like, "Oh, Karen, da da da." Like I don't say <laughs> somebody's somebody's retiring, and she's there for twenty five years, and they're having a party for her. And he's like, "Nobody's having a party for me." And like he wants them to like, <laughs> like he's just so mad about it. And I'm just like, "Who cares, man? Like I don't care." Like I really if you want a party, like, throw your own party. Like, yeah. yeah, I was like, man, I'm trying to like, hopefully, like get this because they're giving us a little severance package which is nothing because it's like we have to work for it like we literally have to move the whole warehouse to get the money but it is what it is i'm like i'm trying to find it so i can like hey this might be a great thing maybe i don't have to go back to work after this and i just continuously just do podcasting that would be great for me yeah because it pushes you against in a, in a corner where you're like well you gotta uh, sink or swim you know what i mean that's you gotta well there's that mentality there's nothing, like you said, if you can't do anything about it, like my dad used to say things to me, like, I used to think he was a real jerk, like, but now I know that, and he's passed. And now I know he was like one of the smartest people I ever knew. His favorite thing was, it is what it is. The other yeah. part was he would say, well, you'll either, either get over it or you won't because it's all about your mental, you know, you, you can choose to let this bother you all day. Like you said at work or for the next, however long you have at that place, or you can be proactive. Maybe you're going to get a better job. Maybe you're going to have better, you know, whatever you, you have no clue. That's funny (laughs) you say that. Cause like, that's what I showed my boss today. I don't know if you know this Navy SEAL dude, uh, Jocko, Jocko, he has a podcast. I don't know if you've ever seen his podcast. Well, he has this little segment. Uh, he's been on like Joe Rogan and stuff. He's like a Navy SEAL from SEAL team three, I think. And uh, he's really motivational, like, and he was just saying, like, that one of his, like, you know, like, uh, guys under him was always coming up with problems. And he'd be like, oh, man, you know, car broke down. He'd be like, good. And then he was like, tell me another. <laughs> and he'd be like, good. And then he would be like, 
he came again with another big problem. And he's like, I don't even want to tell you. And he's like, why? He's like, because I already know what you're going to say. He's like, what am I going to say? He's going to say it's good. Why is it good? He said, you know, uh, uh, the mission uh, got postponed. Good. Gives me more Gives me more time to prepare. Hey, uh, we're, right. we didn't get this tactical shit. Okay, good. Now I can go focus on this. You're looking at the negative aspect of it of like, oh, now yes. I can't go here. But you're not able to see with hindsight. It's easier to see, but. It's driving you into a direction. And through time in your experience, we should learn like when we're in our 20s and our teenage, like I get it, like everything's the end of the world. Like, but now that once we get some experience, like we're like, okay, let me try to change for that. And then that's part of the problem too, is people are not learning from their their lessons in life and they're focusing on the negativity. They have to really be like, it's gonna get better. That doesn't mean that me you losing your job, like the next day you're gonna get the your dream job. No, right. but it could go somewhere into that direction. You're you're going to find this and find that. And is, if you're looking for it and you're looking in that negative way of like, oh, I'm never going to get anything. You're not. You're you're right. going to get back into a miserable hole and it's going to suck you down there. Yes. It's just got to be positive. Like, and I get it. Like, it's not easy. Like, I don't wake up and be like, oh, I love my job. I, I don't right. like, I mean, but I don't hate it either, though. I'm just like, it's a place I go to get money. It's not like where I want to. Do. it's not I your look, it's not your dream yeah yeah not at all it's not my end point and then you gotta establish in your mind of where <laughs> you're like this is just the place i get money i am not mm-hmm. loyal to this company this is not my company my company is me sean that's mm-hmm. it so as they can choose to fire me anytime i can also choose to leave at any time you know right. just people get stuck in this old-fashioned way and that's why i think it's part of the propaganda and we pass it down through time where they're like you got to give your two weeks notice, you know, don't job mm-hmm. hop, you know, you got to stay with, the- no, you don't like go where the money's at. I don't even think that happy. matters anymore because anymore. now, nowadays they don't even look at that stuff. Like, I, I mean, like you would think they would, but they don't. And I mean, I think that people have to start seeing, see, this is all part of what they want us to feel trapped and they want us to feel hopeless and they want us to feel like anxious and all this all the time. So then what does it do? It creates suicidal patterns. It creates anxiety patterns. It creates misery patterns. It And then the same person that won't leave their bad job, won't leave their bad wife or girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you should just do that like on a drop of a hat, but I mean, if you really have been at something, like say you've been with somebody a good three years and it is miserable and not getting better, it's not going to get better. Mm -hmm. Like unless you go to therapy or do something and see a real change and set a goal, like by this date, if crap is not done and different, not perfect, but different, then we're we're stagnant. What are you doing? Like you're spinning your wills. If you're You're growing and they're not growing with you, It's impossible for you guys to have a fulfilled uh, yes. relationship because, and you don't hate the person. That's the thing too, is there's people still resentment of like, look, I don't, I'm not hateful for anybody that, cause I know I've done my yeah. part. I'm not an angel. I've done plenty of stuff. Like, you know, it goes back and forth. We all have our like moments of being takes mad two. or they're being yeah. mad. Yeah. It takes two, but you also have to recognize, okay, that's cool. But this person taught me this. Hey, this showed me there's three qualities in this person that I'd want in somebody else. And then there's five I would never want in somebody there. They, right. Each person is giving you some more data to put in your, but yeah. everybody wants to find love. And they're like, I want my soulmate. And I'm not saying that there isn't no such thing as soulmate. I have no idea. But what I'm saying some, is, well, sometimes looking, soulmates are toxic. 
Sometimes yeah. you can love everything about the person and they are slowly killing you or fast depends, but you can step apart from it and say, okay, I, I, I am ride or die for this human being. I'm everything to this human being. And sometimes they're just not. Sometimes well, not. it's also the not only that you're not growing together, but the timing, right? So their timing, their time for them to hit these certain plateaus, you're already mm -hmm. ahead of them. And it's yep. hard to it's hard to mix together because then they are resentful for you for being either ahead of them or behind them. Each yes. person is getting resentful. And then it's people have terrible communication. And oh, some of the stuff that's that huge. That's you have huge. to be able to be good at communicating. And I any of us can be like, you know, like, mm -hmm. but if you consciously make sure, like, hey, I need to communicate, whether they like to hear it or not, you gotta be like, hey, no. set up your boundaries. You know, hey, I don't like when people do this. I don't like this. I like to be taught. Set all your boundaries, do your things, and just like stop taking it so personal. It's not personal. We get so full with emotions where we're like, oh, they're hurting me. It's it's not that it's not that deep. Even it's even it's on if you. it is, even if it is that deep, here's the thing. People oftentimes deal with it passive aggressively because we, especially men here, this is for men. I'm not a man, but I, I am a psychology nurse. And have been for six years now. Um, most of my career has been in medical, like trauma and all that stuff. But but the last six years, I've been psych. So I see people say, okay, well, you're unhappy in this, this, and this. Did you tell them? Well, no. Well, why not? I'm afraid they'll leave me. Or I'm afraid of this. Or I'm afraid of that. Or they're passive aggressive, which is worse. Because then you're literally making the other person wonder what's really happening. And then they're unsure of themselves. And it leads to infidelity it leads to lies and not every time because some people are truly yeah. loyal which is great because they should be yeah but it could lead to domestic <laughs> violence it could lead yes. to and th in situations that people would never be in right mm -mm. because it, it it's a ticking time bomb and and i agree that a lot of men yes. and i've been one of those people that were like you'll put up with stuff so you're like what happens is is you're putting up with certain things, right? Little things, right? Like, oh man, I hate when they put the toothbrush over here, but I'm not right. gonna say anything. And then, and then you you have all these little things stack up, <laughs> and then they come to you like, with they're telling you their bound, but you haven't told them your boundaries. But then they go, hey, I don't like when you put the toothpaste over here, and you're like, and then you're in your head like, really, man, I've been putting aside <laughs> this whole time all the crap that you've been doing, right? Instead of openly yep. having the conversation and being like, look, this this kind of bothers me, even though. Like now I'm really like, I'm it's not a favor. Like, it's not no. a favor to them. Like if people only understood, like in their heart, they're thinking, look, I did this as a favor to you. I didn't see anything. Well, you just sabotaged your own self because if that really bothered you and I didn't know for four years, that's stupid. That's yeah. literally stupid. If it is something you really, yeah, because how can you take. adjust yeah. if, it, if you can't, how can you somebody adjust to things of that nature? But I think also, too, men feel like if they say stuff, they're weak. Like, oh, I have to, like, just let the woman do this. There's there's this unwritten rule of where men are supposed to be like, eh, like, you know, you have happy wife, happy life. You know what I mean? Right, like, that's so right. I think people get too much in, into that and just like, no, let's communicate. Hey, stop doing this. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes could it be a little bit of aggressive? Like, because they get, take it personally. Take it, and then we go, hey, let's stop. Let's chill. Right. We'll come back to this. Like, obviously, like, and not get into heated moments. But to me, that's mm -hmm. all with experience and learning. Like, I get it. When you're, if you're 17 and you're 20 years old, you're probably yeah. going <laughs> to encounter some of that stuff, unfortunately. Like, unless you've already done the work. 
because if you haven't done work for yourself, you have to look within yourself because the problem is maybe that stuff bothers me, right? I It bothers me. I have to fix it. I have to figure what, like, mm -hmm. that's what's wrong with society right now is they're like, oh, that triggers me. Then you need to work on your triggers. That's not yes. my job to figure out your triggers. Mm -hmm. You have to figure out why well, it triggers you and what you could do to stop it. And they use that word far too much because a true trigger, like a true, like a PTSD trigger, you cannot control. So it's different. You couldn't say to them that triggers me because you've already gone into your yeah. weird. I work with people that have come out of the military or are in the military actively. And I myself have actual real PTSD. When that happens to you, there's no warning. You don't get to warn somebody like you triggered me. It's already done. Son. I totally you know? that because yeah. uh, I'm like bipolarish or, or let's diagnose like, but I don't know if that's, it's really hard to figure out diagnosis, but I do know that I have like times mm -hmm. where I can just like mm -hmm. as a snap. And I don't know that it's coming exactly. Well, you can start seeing a little bit if you train yourself at over time of like, hey, I think I don't know what's coming, but something's weird. Like once right. you start, hey, something's off. Once you get into that mindset of like, hey, something I'm off right now. Mentally, and I've been like, yeah. yeah, I've been way more conscious of myself <laughs> in the last probably like five, six years of where I'm like, OK, wait a second. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Hey, you're kind of leaning this mm -hmm. way. What What's going on? Like. I'm having conversations with myself because I'm looking at myself and being like, Hey man, I, at the end of the Which day, is, I have to better we myself. We need to, yeah, we need to all do that. And then there's rules, like you said about boundaries, like with me and my husband, since I do have that PTSD that can trigger, but it's rare triggers are not as often unless you're just yeah. barely out of combat or something, but like, I'll tell him, Hey, you can say whatever you want to me. You can yell at me, do it from this far away. Because if you get in my face to the point where I feel threatened, that's where we're going to have a problem, you know, yeah. because I'm a child of abuse. So you can't do that to me because then I go into fight or flight mode and and you don't know what's going to unleash. So let's not do that. Like you, well, he that's used to think, it, yeah, that's laying he used it to out for him though. Yeah. He used to think, oh, well, you just can say whatever you want and I can't. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can say as crappy because I I'm the queen of shit talk when I'm mad. So yeah. I'm like, you can say it from over there and be as just as negative, whatever. But also like you have to make it feel safe, you know, like and then I'm fine. Then I'm fine. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm still going to be mad, but I'm not like crazy, like PTSD trigger crazy. Like you don't want to see that me, you know, that's yeah. not. I've worked. See, good. I used to be like that big time. Um, like literally mm. like to a point where I would black out and be like, that's, like, who knows what's what going to happen. Yep. But mm -hmm. been working, like I had, I had like worked on it for a lot in the last like 10, even 15 years, but mm -hmm. like it was going good. And then like probably about seven years ago, like I had like kind of close to that. And then that's when you, I had to reevaluate and be like, okay, what am I now? I'm just more conscious and I'm trying to like not stay down. Like the problem is too, is that people stay down too long. You'd be like, Hey, yeah. And what would it give me? So now I analyze and it was cool. And communicate like, it. Communicate it. Like I, well, I, like I tell him. Now. Yeah. I'm like, hey, this, if you spit on me, we're going to have a problem. You oh, know, man, like, I still even, yeah, yeah I can't, I can't. And then if you, because I, I was raised in a physically, mentally abusive home and he was raised like Beaver Cleaver and nobody ever even called each other a yeah. bad name. So like what my idea of, 
bad bad is very different from his idea of bad so like you have to put that that into it because like I didn't understand that because I'm like so what if I called you name I'll make up 10 new names I don't care and like I was called that seven times before I was four you know like to me it's irrelevant but to him it, it isn't and so I still have to make that in my mind like oh that that yeah but you him. you will change yeah. it and then like where you go <laughs> okay my bad i i and then there's gonna yeah. be times that you're still gonna like you might yep. go great and not say and you're you're conscious of it and then you might do it again but then that's when you step back and be like hey that is my fault and in a true sincere apology and there is a mo- we have to account for emotions it happens like and yeah. that's why it's a work in progress like it, no marriage or any relationship is not just gonna last you have to work at no. it you have to both parties have to actively work to try to make it happen or it's gonna when one lacks off that's what happens like that's why it falls apart or when because when one's like i'm over it then the other one's going crazy like why are they what's going on with the what are they doing it and then you know they have their different ways of like maybe they're out more or maybe they're just like Mm -hmm. not you know like eh, whatever like you know or locked up like in their in their room yeah like which some of us that's like a trigger for me like if i don't know what's wrong and I'm like, okay, because because when you come from a unpredictable background, you want to know what's up. Like, I don't want to hear like you're mad at me and we'll talk in four days. Like, that's gonna kill me, you know. But you have to but. also, if that's their boundary, then you have to like accept that. And but you, you know, then you mean the middle, like right? You were like, yep. yeah, that really Meet drives me crazy. Can we? So then you <laughs> go, maybe we don't wait four days, but can we wait? 24 yeah, hours a day or 12 yeah, hours or something or like, you know what i mean yeah. like whatever let's cool down we need a cool down yep. period but then you go i need a cool down period but then we won't make it four days right we'll be like right. hey i will make it in a day or whatever that works for us it's just a, a a work in progress and i think too many people want this instant gratification so oh, it's, it's with so, everything so much because of social media because what do we get instant it's a dopamine release you get that like you get that share you get that this you get that that And even though here we are as podcasters, I mean, on social media, I use it now mainly for networking. Like, I'm not all about like, oh, I got 14 likes and I feel so special. Like, no, I'm trying to get a message out. I hope people get it. I'm trying to spread love, uh, you know, understanding. I'm trying to talk about what happened to me or whatever to help. And why not? Not for myself. I I totally just want to help people. That's like my whole thing is like okay all these bad things have happened in my life like you said how can you learn from it how can you change it how can you help it and one of the biggest catalysts for my changes was getting out of a really horrible cultish religion and then also the death of some family members of mine that were just so bad and then I almost died myself so I think when you and I don't know if you've almost died because you seem like you maybe might have because people, <laughs> I have pe- so <laughs> I get that <laughs> people <laughs> people that have done that gotten close to the yeah. like death have some kind or some earth shattering thing they change mentally they're completely different afterward I feel because you get to that point where you're like really at, at that day when I had radiation like none of this other stuff mattered. Facebook, all this sure. other crap, like friends, like I just wanted to live, you know, or when I got sick last year and I almost died again, I'm, I'm really ineffective at dying, but I've almost died a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always like, right. I'm like, 
okay, I'm okay. But like, even when it's happening, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of like you, like everybody last year was like, this is really serious. And I had a pick line in, I had, um, an infection go, I had back surgery that was pretty like routine back surgery yeah. and it, and it didn't go good. And I got actually an infection inside my spinal cord, Oof. which is like, I got osteomyelitis in my, in my spine. And so I had over like 1200 cc's of infection drained from inside my spinal column. Oh my God. And so it was bad, really scary, really scary. And everybody was freaking out. I mean, I get it. But I was like, one day I just had enough and I just looked at both of them and low key, I wrote notes to everyone. Cause I was like, maybe I'm going to die, yeah, you know, yeah. but I was like, I was like, listen, until it's for sure, we're just going to wake up every day and do our best that day because there's nothing else we can do. Like everything we can do is happening and, and we can't do anything more. So just stop. Like you guys are stressing me out and I don't need that right now. You know, like yeah, if you're, sure. yeah, if you're already sick and stuff, like that's the last thing you need to hear is like, Oh, by the way, you might die. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I fucking like, excuse my language. I know, you know, no, like, that, that is, that <laughs> is like detrimental because like I've said it before, but like my, uh, one of my old good friends growing up, his dad had MS and he was finding it. He was doing great. And then they were like, man, you got a week to live. He literally mm. died the next day. Yep. Like it's serious. Because they it, broke his, it broke his will because he <laughs> was doing everything to like fight it. And then like they broke his will. Now there's other people though. Like I had another friend, uh, Joe, uh, Jose, he passed away and like, I wasn't there, but I heard about it. He like was, uh, he had, um, what's it called? Um, like stomach cancer, like one of the worst. Mm. Like he was already staged like four, like when he found out. Oh, wow. He died he died at home. They said that like mm. it took him like three days to die. They're like he would mm. like they thought he was dead, no pulse. He'd come back and oh. still fight. Like, yeah. He's such a but knowing him, he's one of the most stubborn people. Like he's just like <laughs> that. And he's it's funny because he's like he's like she was short, mm. but like really stocky, and he's just like a bull, like a bull. Strong. Like, yeah. yeah. He's just a strong guy. But I think like, I don't necessarily think that me being close to death, but I've been around death my whole life. I've seen mm. from like from an early age, my, my sister died when I was like 11. My dad died when I was 12. Um, oh, wow. Like I had like uncles, aunts, uh, friends, like I, before I was probably 21, I had already been to over 20 funerals. Easy. So you, you've been through it and that's what it it's like that change in you that, I mean, after you go through something earth shattering like that, like it really does make you, I think, easier to forgive because you don't want to, you don't want to hold on to things that, you know, maybe this person won't be here tomorrow. Like, I don't want to have these kind of feelings, you know, or, or maybe this, or maybe that. And it changed the way I thought mentally. Like, I, I think after my brother died, it really hit me because, and so we'll talk about that. My brother died of an accidental overdose. I wanted to share this story and actually it was related to SSRIs funny enough because he actually was an addict and then he was an addict because he hurt his knees and had been going to the VA and all the things and they gave him yep. plenty of medication. Well, then they cut him off because he went to work loaded and they were like, mm -mm. and they, they reported it. So, okay. They cut him cold Turkey, which is not a good idea. They didn't sub him off. They didn't send him anywhere, all this stuff. So like 
they he was doing okay ish he would get things from people but it was never his drug of choice because it was oxy that was his drug of choice however oxys are freaking expensive if you don't have a prescription and so he was having to you know reach for whatever he could get his hands on which led him into a i feel i am really passionate about this i i feel like uh, okay. The narcotics get a bad rap. Cause here's the thing. Even when he was doing four thirty, smashed up his nose at a time, he was pretty safe. Like I never seen him not off. I never seen him weird. I never seen him any of that until the benzos got involved. And as soon as the benzos got involved, because they are cheap, then things started getting weird you know, and he was doing the nods and all the weird stuff. And here's the problem. The ambulances now, I don't know about where you're from, but here where I'm at, they don't carry the reversal agent for the benzos, which is called Romazicon. Everybody knows about Narcan. It's been pushed like nobody's business. You Uh can go to a pharmacy and get some right now. And it's no big deal, but the Romazicon is extremely expensive. And they don't routinely carry it on EMS unless they've changed it in the last six years. So they found him down at home, gave him Narcan. Of course, that didn't work because he had other things in his system. Now, he didn't even die of his drug of choice. He went to the hospital and they gave him some Remeron for sleep. And it's actually an antidepressant and it's not a very good one. And they quit using it for that years ago, but they use it for sleep now. And it's not so good, just like the benzos, because it builds up in your system. So the benzos, you could take a Xanax today. And if you took one four days ago, it can hit you a lot different than it did that first time. So you can have a completely different experience and seem like completely out of it, even though you were fine the last Uh time you took it. So it just has that cumulative effect. So he took that and he took um, the pill to go to sleep. And then I bet he could, now I'm guessing here, but it wasn't enough to kill him. Like he didn't take a bottle. He took two. They counted them, you know, cause they have to do an investigation cause he was young. He was 37. Yeah. And so they checked it all out and not nothing in his system would have killed him, but all of it together killed him yeah, and then on uh, yeah and then on top of it he only took two but then he had a pulmonary valve defect that he didn't know about he was a heavy smoker and he had copd so he went to sleep and never woke up you mm-hmm. know which i'm not saying is a horrible way to die but it was sure bad for all of us you know oh of course yeah that's the, yeah. the hardest part like <laughs> is the people afterwards because obviously like in retrospect, yeah. you can be like, yeah, well, they were going through a lot or, you know, when people are sick mm-hmm. and they're like pain. I think what some of the worst, the hardest deaths are like car accidents just because they're so or heart attacks even sometimes so because abrupt. they're so sudden. And you're like, wait, mm-hmm. what? Like when someone's sick, like even that, for instance, <laughs> you weren't expecting it. Right. Like when someone's mm-hmm. sick and they're like, man, like, unfortunately, they've but been we in the knew. hospital. We knew he had an issue. That you knew it. There was yeah. a possibility, but mm-hmm. again, it's not the same as someone in bed rest where you're like, yep. "Hey, it's any any, any minute, two months, yeah. three months, four months from now, it's gonna happen, right?" Yeah. At yours, you still have like a lean of hope, like, "Oh, maybe not." You know, hey, maybe. you can turn it around yeah. any second. Yeah. Because it's just as <clears throat> easy as we could turn bad, we could turn it around. So yes, I think that. But my dad died of that a happens. sudden heart attack like what you're saying. And he was sick ish. He was young though. He was only 62, but he was diabetic his whole life. 
uh, since he was like eight years old. But even though I knew he was like ill, I mean, he functioned, you know, and that heart attack hit me so hard. Like, I mean, one night he was there and I missed his phone call. And the next day he was just dead. Yeah, You know, that was terrible. And I mean, it just messes with you mentally to the point. And then actually my dad, my brother, we had a whole bunch of people die that year. Kind of like what you said. So, and then my, um, ex-husband and me are pretty tight and cool. His wife died very suddenly. She was sick, but she had a muscle disorder and they were like working on it and no big deal. I mean, it was like, they knew she was sick, but not like dying, you know, and they did, um, a tap of her muscle and then she drove home. And I think the amount of time it just, she threw a clot because she didn't even call for 911. He went to work that day and came home and she was dead. Like Dang. on the cat, like, and no, no, yeah. call. I mean, that's completely, that was so hard, even though she wasn't close to me, she was my friend, but my children really yeah, loved yeah. her so and they tough, called, yeah. yeah, it was. And then my brother died two weeks later. <sighs> and so, and then uh, it was just a cascade. And that's one thing that I don't think people always realize with like, his wasn't a suicide, but like it, it really messes people up because then see what happened is, and you don't think about this when you're using, you don't think about this when you're suicidal. Here's the thing that happened. His daughter found him. She was 12. Then that messed her up. Then she had to go live with her mom who she didn't even know. Her mom hadn't been in her life since she was 10 and she's 12. So she gets ripped away from her whole family. She has to go back there. Well, that puts pressure on the mom and she already had like psychiatric stuff. And she felt guilty about my brother because they didn't make it work in their marriage or whatever. And she kills herself within a year, you know? So like this pain gets passed down from person, whether it's purposeful or not, death is, is something that goes throughout more than one person. You're going to hurt somebody for sure. But with suicide, it's kind of, you got to remember Mm-hmm. but you got to remember, like I always try, cause I have friends like, you know, that have committed suicide and then the other friends are like, man, they were so selfish. They were so, I'm like, yeah, but you got to remember like suicide is like that. It's a split thought. Like it's right. not, it's not like if you had more time to think about it, you wouldn't do it. But at that mm-hmm. moment, like if you put a gun to your head, if you take this certain amount of pills right. or you get, you drive into, it's, it's a split decision. You made it and it's already over. Like you don't get a that, chance to like, cause you're like feeling why. whatever sadness or, whatever like if i do this this solves my problem <laughs> and you just do it you you didn't yeah, give yourself you're time not to thinking. think about it well you're already mentally in not a good place so i always tell people like it's not necessarily selfish but i always tell people remember this because my uncle passed away it was either suicide they they either had a fight over the gun or it was suicide i'm saying from the trajectory of the gun because my uncle was a sundowner do you know what that is so like he her. was like a hell's angel. Yeah. Okay. That's and he thought. was like a top top. So when I watch sons of anarchy, I'm like, that, <laughs> that really happens, you know? <laughs> and so he was at the top top for a long time. And so he wouldn't have missed is what I'm saying. If he was going to shoot yeah, himself, yeah. he would know how, you know? So I think they were arguing and the gun went off in my opinion, you know, whatever they ruled it, however they ruled it. But then, uh, you know, shortly after that, his ex-wife, dies of an overdose because she's sad because she's still kind of 
probably loved him and some, they had a child together and everything. And then after that, his, his current wife dies of a drug overdose within another year after that. And then here's his children left to hold all the pain, all the stuff. And they did not deal with it. Well, addiction comes into play. All these things come into play and then they have kids and same thing. So I'm like, you really have to get through to people. It's not about the split decision. We have to educate beforehand that, Hey, this is why we care. You may not care, but, but this the, is why. The one thing that people don't. So everybody's like, hey, we got to watch and make sure that they're okay and, and not people feeling sad. But the one thing I think is that it's impulse control yes. because it's an impulse. It's not like you're not thinking this out. You're just going there and like, boom, yep. it's over. So yeah. like it's more working on impulse control and they don't teach that kind of stuff. They're just like, hey, man, take some pills or, hey, you're right. sad. Don't be sad. <laughs> be happy. You right. do got to figure out what's making you upset and why you're like that. But if you have poor impulse, uh, uh, um, uh, control even, of that, yeah. yeah, there you go. Control. You're going to probably be more susceptible to be in that kind of situation because oh, you're going to feel down. You're going to feel bad at times. And and you're right. Like sometimes that can help maybe to with the impulse stuff because mm -hmm. I was very impulsive, but like especially like see for me it was different because a lot of this happened when i was younger so right i i didn't not i have now the 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 appearance of like oh yeah you know i have the experience i learned but i had to go a long messed up route right. because it was not even like to the point where like i told people like i was at a point where i didn't even care like you know how people are like oh i'm atheist i don't believe in god. i wasn't even like that i was like i hated god like i'll be right. like i would pray just to cuss them out like oh just don't think that i don't have something to say you know what i mean because i felt you're like, gonna listen today <laughs> yeah i felt like everything was intentional like oh you must hate me like just just like just out of like pure like not just sadness but like aggravation and anxiety aggravation, yeah. not knowing like one of the for me personally mm -hmm. one of the craziest things i did say in one of my songs before but the craziest thing to me is imagine being 12 years old and like my dad, he had hepatitis C. So he was sick for a while. Like it, it was in the hospital, like, you know, it was going back and forth. And he, he finally like was like kind of like probably a few weeks before he passed or something. I go in to visit him. He doesn't even know who I am. Mm -hmm. He's like, who's that? Like telling my mom, like, hey, who's that? Like, and then you're just like, what? Like, even though obviously like right. in now retrospect, you know. like yeah. I'm like, but <laughs> I... I mean, of course, like I would not want like all those people that no. I cared about to go, but I understand that I wouldn't be the person I am today right. if these things didn't happen. Even like relationships I had, like, like I said, like I really have no hate for any of those people because they didn't really do anything to me. Like, right. It was really me doing it because at any point I could, I could have talked, I could have spoke up or I could have said, I don't like this or I could have left. Right. Or right. I could have. It's because I was so, for me, that I learned is that, like, because so many people died when I was young, relationships, it was, like, detrimental, like, if you're going right. to leave. Because I'm, like, I can't have another. Abandonment. Like, abandonment. Because I'm, like, came. it's one thing if you die, <laughs> because then, like, there's nothing we could do, but you're just going to yes. leave. And and sometimes I wouldn't. And the weird thing to me that I learned over the years is, like, it's not even necessary that I would want to continue this relationship. It's just like, I couldn't have them leave. It's just like a weird thing. And I think it was just all psychological. And then you grow through it, right? You go through the growing pain. Cause I'm like, I need this person because I know I'm nothing if I don't have this person. And then you realize, well, I need 
to do that for myself. I need to think about those and like how I think of those people, but also think of myself like that. And and that's part of the problem that I had was that I didn't have a lot of like love for myself, which I had to start learning how to do. Yeah. Like it, because then I'm just chasing it, right? Like I'm just like, well, hopefully they could love me enough. And I'm good, right? They'll fix me. Right. Like I don't have to do anything else. They'll love me, and and I don't have to worry about it. But as you get older, you start realizing, like, not saying you can't have. You might meet somebody no. at eighteen and be with them forever. But if you don't love yourself, I don't <laughs> think that you can have a sustained. I believe that my relationships didn't last because I was unable to love myself, which well, because would hinder the relationship. You didn't process your trauma. Mm -hmm. So anytime, so me and my brother, we both went through the same things. Uh, our, our mid teenage, well, I guess he was younger than that, but, um, so we both grew up in this abusive, horrible family that his dad was the real dad. So he did have it a little less than me on that part. And he slept downstairs, which was like a blessing for him because it, a lot happened upstairs because their bedroom was upstairs. But so we both go through that and they say your siblings are the one person that know exactly how you feel about your childhood, because unless you're raised different homes, you were raised together by the same people. Even if you have a different thought process about the raising, they still know and can relate. <clears throat> so he goes into the, well, we both end up getting taken away from our mother by the time I'm 12 and he's like nine and he ends up having to go to the abuser. Okay. That's how bad the current situation was. And he never got really much better. I think he just quit doing those things because of the law, not because he was a better person, mm -hmm. but he still had all the problems that the drinking, the drugs, the violence, all of it. So he went to that. And I went to my grandparents who were pretty good, but really indoctrinating in religion. And if you didn't do certain things, they didn't love you. And I was like you, I was like, I have to be the best because then they won't love me and then I won't have a home and then I don't know what I'll do. So I look at our paths in life and like one time I told this ther therapist at my job, I said, I'll, uh, just like four or five things, nothing major, okay, about my life. And he said, how are you here and not here, like in the psych facility? <laughs> and I said, well, because... I decided I wasn't going to do that. Like my brother kind of fell into the same patterns. He started drinking too much. He started yeah, yeah. doing drugs. He did emulating what he saw. <clears throat> well, and he didn't want to process it. So he went into the military and he did great. And with all that structure and control, a hundred percent amazing, but he still wasn't processing anything. I went into nursing, which helped me inadvertently process it because they teach you things and you're like, oh, oh, that's why that I do or whatever. And then yeah. I went to therapy and had some different things happen. So we went to different paths and I was never into like being very LDS at that time. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't do drugs. I nothing, you know, so I didn't do any of that. In fact, I never even tried one puff of marijuana until I was 25 like at all period. I never did anything. At least I was your scared. brain was fully developed. Yeah. I was scared <laughs> and it makes me crazy. So it <laughs> makes me have bad PTSD. So <laughs> I just stay away from that. But either way, he gets out of the military and starts just, just tanking because he has this more freedom to choose these other paths. And I'm like, I'm the type of person that I'm like, what is wrong with you? 
you know, why are you doing this? And then he'd want it out of all the things he'd been through. He was in the Navy. He was in the Gulf War. He was in the burn pits at the Gulf War. Like that was some freaking gnarly, like horrid stuff that they did. Yeah. Okay. With women, children. My brother was like, actually, I always joke, like I should have gone in the military and he shouldn't have because he was soft and I was not soft. I've always been like a hard ass kind of, you yeah. know? And so I, I was always worried about him, but he never processed it. And even when we drink or hang out and he'd get too much, the first thing he'd bring up wasn't that wasn't the army or Navy wasn't any of that stuff. It was our parents. And I'm like, bro, this is like so long ago. And I really can't discuss this with you because this is separate trauma. And I would like explain to him, like, you need to go to somebody, you know, you can vent to me, but I'm not going to like discuss my part with it because it's not healthy for you, you know? And he didn't understand that. And in retrospect, I guess I should have been less hard headed because he wasn't going to go get help. And yeah. that's just how it was, you know? But because he's a man and, and the person that raised us had that weird, you got to be a man. And he wasn't like that. He was actually like a sweet teddy bear. And my son reminds me of him. Like my son plays hockey, but he also crochets. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so like he, he's more soft hearted, you know, whereas some of my girls are like, my one girl's a welder and she could probably go to war, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, she, she's tough. And, but it's just your personality. It really isn't about what sex you are, but men get put it in their head. Like you can't be soft. You can't be this. You can't be that. I mean, it's a little different nowadays, but it's still, you know, they don't go and get help. They, that's well, why they see, have I such a high rate. Like, yeah. I, I only, uh, I think I went to like a psychiatrist like once and I was like, bro, like <laughs> I can't be, I can't be telling you like how to do this like you know what i mean like right, i can't right. be like better at this than you but i think that everybody's different and obviously i'm totally different like to me what helped me is because i could revert to my childhood and that i could be like so what i the way i process like my dad's death is i was like you know what because i used to get mad like people be like oh man my dad died i'm like man you shit he was alive but you had him till you were like 30 or like you know I'll be mad. <laughs> or like you know i'll be like what what are you crying about man like that but then i was like when you see it through a different perspective and you're like i had 12 years of a better dad than people have had nine months of like you know what i'm saying like right. someone could never even have seen their dad or met their dad like my parents installed a lot of good things and good values and they were able to teach us about empathy and we're like all empathetic like we're, we're uh loving others but still being tough and like not allowing people to walk all over so there was a lot of good things that i learned and when you get to see like okay maybe it's because that 12 years was way more than like most people would ever have like because you would think that that wouldn't have an impact but from but being born to seven is the biggest impact is when yes, you're being built you're in the character yes. of who you are. So when I got, I think what helped me and why, like, maybe I would be in that boat. Like I was partying, drinking, doing whatever I want, not mm -hmm. caring. But I think what drew me, like what was helped me to be able to get back is because I already had stuff implanted. Like there was already this. You had a good deep rooted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My foundation was there. It's just that it was yep. foggy and murky from all the things I went through. And then this slowly, like trying to realize like what you're doing, like, you know, like, well, and, and who you I'm are. Still processing, who you are. And I'm still processing yeah. a lot of it, like an understanding <laughs> I have come 
to understanding of some things, but then there's other things I don't have understanding and I'm getting there. And now that I'm telling people my boundaries, whether friends or, uh, you know, significant other, you go, Hey, these are my boundaries. Hey, now yeah. I speak up, but I mean, there's still situations because I've always spoke up, but I also kind of like know when and where to speak up. Like one thing I tell people is like my boss right now, he's like my test, like him working with him. He's not a bad person, but he's constantly like this mopey and moody. And like, <laughs> I'm always like, he, he comes poor to me, me with all his poor... problems. Yeah. And yeah. He, but he also stabs me in the back and like makes himself look better. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to go through it. And like, I just kind of tell him, but like without it helped me learn how to tell somebody off without cussing them out. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. to no, get your yeah, point across without like, just like, hey, you stupid. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. I'll be like, hey, look, man, do you want me to help you? Like, I have sometimes yeah. it's weird because he's he's 52 and I'm 40 and I have to talk to him like a child. <laughs> I'm like, him. hey, yeah. yeah. I'm like, hey, man, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, or, or now I know how to approach him. I just like now I'm embracing everything <laughs> to add a lesson, add something to to make me better. And it's not easy. Like I'm I, no. I don't I have a lot of empathy for people. I hate when people are like, oh man, he's just a drug addict. I'm like, but you don't know why, mm-hmm. man. Or oh, just like when people, oh he's homeless. You don't know why. Mm-hmm. Like you're assuming you're judging. you have the you're answers. Judging. We yeah, should never well the problem it's not our with, place. No, with the problem with society too is you think you've got it figured out, but actually you don't. And here's the thing, what maybe drives one person to homelessness is completely different or whatever it is than another Mm -hmm. person. Like my brother had the best heart, the best everything. And when somebody starts talking about drug addicts, like I get pissed and that's why I work a lot of times with drug addicts. And you know what? They could be the worst come down. They can be the hardest patient. And with the exception of probably two patients in my full six years where I've been working in this. they, they relate to me because they know I'm not there to point my finger at them because I've had that happen to me and I don't like it. You know, I don't like when people do that. And so I always try and put myself in that position and say, okay. And even sometimes they'll tell you, go F you right to your face, you know, And, and it's hard to not get mad. But at the same time, you have to say he's in a different place than I am like you and your boss. It doesn't matter how old he is. You, you're ahead mentally. And this has happened with husband. So husbands and ex-wives for me. So <clears throat> the first one was named almost the same name with the mm-hmm. exception of one letter as the one now. Okay. And, <laughs> and it was like the same situation. Like we got married and within a year and I was 17, he was 25 And I didn't know how to be a wife, let alone a mother. But within a year, that little girl came to live with us. And I had to step that crap up. And she was like five, you know. And so I I was nice to her mom. And I I was taught, I think I was tolerant is the better word. But in my heart, I still held her accountable for what she wasn't doing. I was very finger pointy. I was very should, should, should in my brain, not to her. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And so in my mind, I had all these feelings against her and it wasn't helpful to the little girl because no matter if your parent is the worst human on earth, a killer, like serious kids still want the love of their parents. Oh, 100%. Right? And so with the second one, well, with that one, when, when I found out I was getting divorced, I just let it rip. One day she caught me on a bad day and I lit into her like, 
you wouldn't even believe. And she was shook because she was going through some hard times of her own. Like she had a stroke, like she was sick, you know? Yeah. And I shouldn't have done that. And, and in retrospect, I, I felt so justified because I was right and she was wrong and blah, blah, blah. And I was, you know what? I was, but at the end of the day, who did I hurt? A, that little girl, but she was like 14 at that point. And B, I never saw her again. Cause she ended up going back to her mom and all the years I spent bonding with that little girl where I thought she would be in my life forever. She's in her thirties and I never seen her again. And then, so the next one comes and we do the same thing. We're battling. She's got almost the same name and I don't want to say the name, you know, Yeah. <laughs> but so we're battling over children, differences of opinion. And she was my person, like your boss is your person. And I was like, this person drives me crazy. Like she thinks completely different than me, but honestly, some of it was detrimental and needed to be fixed, but some of it wasn't. Some of it was just like me being a jerk, you know, me being like, well, my favorite color is blue. And so everybody should like blue. And you know, it was just stupid. Not really, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah I so as a mom, I was super judgmental. And I, I, and then I stopped when I, when I started going through all these problems with my daughter, who is estranged from me, she's 27 now. And this happened four years ago. So she was my best friend for, for everything. And she was my idol. Actually, I made her an idol in my life and we can, cause that you're kind of, yeah, that. well, that's so, a little different, though. <laughs> but you shouldn't do it. Cause I'll tell you why. Cause it made my husband less than it made my other children less than, and it wasn't healthy behavior. And so when she ended up going to go get married, this guy that she picked, he, I mean, I, he's probably a narcissist. Okay. I can't guarantee that, but some of the behaviors that he has exhibited are very strange. So I go into panic mode full on and I'm like freaking out. And what happens? She just full on cuts me off. Like of everything. I'm all of a sudden toxic member. We're best friends. Like now I'm toxic, bad person, blah, 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 blah. So, okay. I'm, I'm shook. You know, I'm at home crying like every day for a year, you know, wanting to almost die, not kill myself, but like die, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And she calls me and she, this ex-wife, and she says, I wanted to know if you were okay. And okay. So we had already had CPS involved and gone through a whole thing about taking the kids and everything. And yes, we were right. Legally, everything we were right. Okay. But it wasn't right. And here's the thing. It could have been handled better. It could have been handled different. We, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't good for the kids. It scarred them for life. Like, and so at the end of the day, instead of making that same mistake twice, and I even told her, you should probably tell me to go F myself and laugh because now my kid's gone, you know, like what happened? And yeah. so she said to me, what kind of Christian would I be? That is so humbling, bro. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like at first I thought like, there's no way this is real, you know? So we became really good friends after that. And we forgave each other and we forgave each other together with my husband, her ex-husband and the other, her husband at the time. And the kids got to see it all. And those kids were so happy and so blessed from that. 
even though I can disagree with some of the things she does, I had to learn that I could love someone even though they really piss me off, you know, like, like you can love them and don't like what they do. You can love them and don't agree with what they do. You can like them and think that they're wrong. And, and sometimes she wasn't wrong. Sometimes it was just a difference of motherly opinion, you know, and everybody thinks that they're right when it comes to kids, like, oh, we got to do this for the kids, the kids, the kids, but sometimes it's not what they need. Sometimes they need that little bit of a different perspective. And we weren't like allowing that kind of like, and later when I stepped away from it, all I could think of was the story of King David, how, okay, he had a nickname for him. God called King David, his beloved. Okay. But King David was a murderer. He was a blasphemer. He was a torturer. He was an adulterer. He had so many wives. And no matter how many times God came to him, he messed it up so many times. Like he would just like mess it up again. You know, it was like, it was like on and on. And yet he still called him his beloved. And that taught me unconditional love. Now she's not a King David. Well, that's what I was going to tell you. That's that's like what my, like my mom taught me, right? Like, and that's what I, the same approach that I use with my daughter, like, cause it makes it a lot easier. And obviously it's different circumstances. So like, my daughter was able to retain the information a lot faster than I was able to, but it's because no matter what I did, no matter going in trouble, going to jail, no matter getting trouble, like not coming home for months, I, no matter what, like people could be like, uh, I, I, uh, one of my friends was like telling me how her mom is like, like just toxic and horrible and like going off. And then there's this movie called, um, due date i don't know if you've ever seen it with zach galifianakis and and uh Maybe. robert oh, Downey yeah, jr yeah 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 well uh-huh. there's a scene where he's like robert Downey jr is like breaking down and he's like you know uh my dad asked me to wake him up early and I, my dad never talked to me you know like really like that so i was all excited i got all ready and i woke him up and then he said mm-hmm. thanks buddy and then he left and he never came back and then zach <laughs> well, starts laughing he's like yeah. so my dad would never do that uh-huh. like, so i would tell her that because I'm fortunate that so that's where I had to like so when we I look at my appreciation like I have a brother I have a mom a sister like my family it's not a huge family like I don't really talk to my aunts uncles and like my extended family but my my daughter like my certain friends my circle there I I couldn't ask for anything better like a supporting cast that like no matter what, like, they're not going to steal from me. They're not going to do me wrong. If, I, if I'm if i down and out, they're going to help pick me up. Right. So once I was able to realize that and appreciate it, that was able to turn for me. So, like, and for me, obviously, like, my daughter was a big impact on me, too. Like, because right. I'd be like, okay, I got to do this. I, gotta, <laughs> I mean, she seen, she visited me in jail. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I felt bad. That's though, not, that's, could... that's not a bad, I mean, I know this sounds terrible, but my dad went to prison when I was young. Yeah. And my mom kept me from him because she felt like it was better. And actually, it really hurt me. So, I, oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's good. I know yeah, that's she bad. Was, and that but... wasn't in for a long time. I wasn't like County Joe and stuff, but like she yeah. was just worried about it. And then she saw me. She's like, oh, all right, you're good. Like yeah. she just thought like, you're once safe. she me, she yeah. felt good. Yeah. Like, oh, he ain't going to go nowhere. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing I do <laughs> tell a lot of my girlfriends, my friends that like all my women friends, I go, mm-hmm. I understand that you're scorned by your ex or yeah. you have some kind of resentment towards them. I was like, but if they want to be in the kid's life, let them. I don't care if yes. they're not paying your child support. Now, should they pay your child support? Is it expensive yes. to raise a kid? Yes. 
but don't focus. If you are doing fine though, like, right. Like there's some, some of my women friends, they're doing great. Like they're very successful and they're able to sustain everything, but they get angry. Like, why am I paying for all the medical bills? Why am I paying for all her clothes? <laughs> if they're trying the relationship with the father and the, and the kid is more important than yes. the little petty war of, Hey, they didn't pay this. If they're trying, yeah. give them a break. And I get well, it that they should be doing more, just, but the relationship is so important. Money. Yeah. The exactly. money thing, the money thing is important, but I will tell you, I begged. So my first husband, he took off, he got on meth and he was crazy and stuff. And he moved back far away from me to the Midwest. <laughs> Excuse me, my asthma is kicking my butt tonight. But <laughs> but he moved far away and I would beg him, please just call them. Like he was such a twerp about paying or anything. And he would be like, please, you know, please don't go after me. And so at some point I just had to turn it over, not because I wanted to, because I needed help from the state. Yeah, and yeah. They, they force it. And to this day, he tells people like, she came after me. I'm like, I ain't come after nothing. I just needed food stamps, bro. Like <laughs> I yeah, just had to have some- too. Well, yeah, I also tell stamps, my friends, you know? my guy friends, I'm like, hey, also stop nitpicking what they're doing mm -hmm. with the money. Like, yep. if, oh, they just got uh, new shoes or they. Yeah, well, this, yeah. If, 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 if now if that's happening and your kid doesn't have clothes and they're right. not eating. OK, you have some <laughs> ground to stand on. Different. But if they have yeah. all the food they need, they have a house being paid for or rent, whatever yeah. it is. They got clothes on their back and they're getting to school every day then you have no argument of where that money's going. Well, cause, cause it's like 20 something dollars a day when you break it down at like yeah. 700 and something Even dollars more, man. Yeah. It's like, like $23 a day. <laughs> yeah. At 750 a month, I think I broke it down and don't quote me on the math, but this was yeah, a while yeah. ago. It was like $23 a day and like, you're going to feed them three times or even two, but well, that's where I did was money. lucky. Yeah. My, my daughter doesn't eat better than that. <laughs> 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 She's easy. I could just uh, pay. Now she eats a little bit more, but back then I could just give her like a bag of Doritos and right? she you're for like, like a uh, long she's time. She's good. <laughs> you would, you, it's so weird too. Cause like me, I gotta eat like, when, like yeah. I gotta eat three meals. Like when we go, cause she's going to come out here. Cause I live in Michigan now. We're originally from, I'm from California, but she's still in California. She's coming out here because we're going to watch a Raider game in a um, next oh, month. Cool. And then like when we do go, cause we try to go and see like, cause she'll turn what she turns 21 this year. She'll turn 21 oh, wow. in, in October next Way month. To go. And um, what she, can I ask you what day my, I have a daughter in October, October 15th. Too. Oh my gosh, mine's the 16th. Oh, really? Nice. <laughs> Not the same yeah. age, but no, they're close. Yeah. She's going to, yeah, she's going to be 20. Yeah, she, yeah she'll be older. She'll turn 21 too? Uh, 24. Oh, 24. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she, um, when we go places, I'll be like, oh man, she's like, got to eat again. I'm like, yeah, you got to eat. I got to eat three times a day, man. I'm just going <laughs> to eat one time a day and you're good with that. Like, oh my gosh. But I do think that unconditional love, but also men. It's a, it's this balance. It's not just women's fault. It's not just men's fault. It's a communicate lack of communication poor uh, upbringing sometimes or bad influences. Like I go in a lot on, um, I know a lot of people. There's it's this anger. One of, yeah. It's there's like this anger. Page, yeah. Oh, anger. But like, I'm saying like, even just bad influences, like there's this page called, uh, I think it's called <laughs> the milk bar on, on Twitter. And they did uh -huh. a real great, uh, expose on, on Andrew Tate. So, People are falling in line to people like this guy, Tate, where they are saying some things that are true, right? Like there is some 
ignorant women out there that are like, man, I need a man that makes 500K. Mm -hmm. Like, good luck. Yeah, like, so good funny. luck. Yeah. Like, that, all of you, you think all of you are going to find millionaires? Like, okay, good luck. But that's also saturated. Like, a lot of these things are not fabricated, but when people have a camera in front of them, they're more likely to be more braggadocious or they're, mm -hmm. or, or exaggerate. They want to be, they want to be something. And depending on what <laughs> is being asked, like for instance, well, I know I see a lot of people that were like when the whole abortion Roe v. Wade thing like that, don't even get me started on that because people get that to me, it's another do thing you wanna, that we haven't solved. We do have you want to know my, do you want to know my opinion on it? Actually, sure. this is pretty, pretty funny as a woman. So if you actually know the law, it should have never been a federal decision. The laws sure. are always made by the state for family law. Federal and people will say, well, what about guns? No, 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 no. Guns are not a state law. Guns are federally protected by the Constitution. So that's the difference. And people get it twisted. Do I am I against or for? I wouldn't do it personally, but I'm not going to say I'm against because I don't want to see women in the ER having bad situations because they were trying to do something at home. You know, well, there's uh, also like I mean, an aspect like but I'm saying this is that's a problem that we've been fighting about for like 60 over 60 years. But, but they're fighting like, about something no, that should it, have never happened. It should no, have never you, been I, a federal. I, I understand yeah. that point. Yeah, of course. Like the states are mm -hmm. supposed to but my point is that like it's meant to be an argument that's forever. That's why right. the left the left is like, hey, you should be able to kill the baby when it's like two years old, right? And then the right <laughs> is like any kind of <laughs> any kind of abortion is murder and they don't they have the same talking points for over 60 years the this is the mm -hmm. kind of things that we fall into these traps that's why the andrew yes. tates of the world are able to get into the minds of the youth because nobody's actually mm -hmm. having critical real conversations like wow. i've i've gone up against a lot of people a lot of people get mad at me because i'm like i i'm with you i don't really have a stance necessarily mm -hmm. but i tell people arguments they can have i'm like if you're conservative here's an argument that you can use that might go right. over a lot better instead of calling somebody a murderer because you're insinuating that they're intentionally trying to kill somebody which right. that's not the situation we all know that most people that are getting abortions are stuck in a weird spot like whether it's like from infidelity or whether they're a right. really young age and their parents are going to be they're mm -hmm. out of fear so they're already in fear and then they're walking and these people are protesting them calling them right. murderers they don't know what to do and then the people inside are not even giving them the full scope of things i know plenty of women that have had abortions the one thing that people don't talk about enough is the psychological thing that works yes. in a woman's brain when that happens like mm -hmm. it's it's detrimental like it doesn't go away like and i feel bad like i had women have abortions yep. with my kid and I was pissed like at them. Mm -hmm. But over time I was able to work through it because I obviously didn't have an actual physical attachment to it. Right. Right. Because I, if the baby wasn't born, it but was you like, still you know, knew. And I think at the end of the day, like the argument isn't, they do these things on purpose because they know the laws. They knew that that law should have never been federally protected. They knew when they put it into place that it was wrong and they knew and kept it in their back pocket for one day. They could stir the pot. That's no, all they did No, but not even one for. day. They yep. leave it open-ended because yeah. it's an argument because it has to do with life, right? <laughs> They play mm -hmm. on the strings of a, morality, the, the people's yep. emotion. So like the hardcore conservative people are like, you just have to have the baby. But then the left make a good point. They go, so are you good? Are if we have all these babies, yeah. are you going to uh, pay more taxes for welfare? Or are you going to yeah. pay more taxes 
for uh, uh, foster care, things of that nature. And then that's another thing. Is it a good thing for them to have the baby and then they get the baby up and it goes into foster care when we know how the foster care system works? It's not an easy question, but what we should buy now, because it's intentionally made to drag out forever. And I get it. Like, I, I understand the whole state. Like, I'm with you. Like, I, I don't think the federal government should run anything because, like, it goes by state. That's the whole reason why we're a union. Like, you know what I mean? United States. It's not like, oh, we're a republic of people. You can't hear me? Now, there you go. Now I can hear you. Good. The, there we go. The, I don't know what happened. But just... <laughs> it happens sometimes. That's what uh, sometimes happens with Zoom. But yeah, the argument is to continuously have this argument. It's not like I'm just going away from the whole state thing. The, the problem is, is mm -hmm. because they want to not find solutions. The solution well, they want to cause be, division. There, there and should be a solution. Even my it. mom who is yep. hardcore conservative that's super against the death penalty, super against abortion. She even understands that at some point she goes, okay, where let's work. Let's work it yeah. out. Where's the, where's the deal is where's the cutoff. Is it two months, three months? That's where we should right. be arguing right now. But instead we're at the same point that we were 60 years ago. And even if it becomes back to state law, I still feel it should be uh universal across the board because too many people playing games like you get the conservative states that are doing this and that and then you get the you know democratic states that are like you said at two years old it needs to be universal it's ridiculous. i mean i exaggerate a little bit but it is but you get what, what i'm saying it can be almost at birth well in portland and, they had they, in portland <clears> they have a 10 like a 10 day rule or, or like it was like i forgot wild. something weird like it was wild and that that can't happen but it should be universal and it shouldn't have never been federal, but they, they prey on our feelings. So anything that has to do with race or morality, they're going to constantly make an issue constant because they can, because they know well, we'll they fight about it. Yeah. That goes back to what we're talking about at the beginning. They did the same thing mm -hmm. with the Patriot, like with patriotism. They play on the strings of people and they're like uh, world war two, for example. Now we could go all the way. Like, I don't know what happened with the, uh, I, I think that a lot of the stuff is real. There's some people that may think that some of that stuff was fake. I don't know. But in general, the way that we got they got us into the war was through propaganda, through cartoons, telling us we're the hero. We need to save them. That's how we got into, involved in all these things. Yeah. Why did we get involved in Vietnam besides the Gulf of Tonkin? Because we needed to help. Communism is going to take us over. And it's this endless cycle. So that's why I find it funny. When now conservatives are coming out and they're like, man, all these kids are indoctrinated. You think that we haven't been indoctrinated? Did Rockefellers right. just start putting uh, the education syllabus together in 20 years ago? No, it's been <laughs> for a long time. And they yes. don't want to admit that stuff that they've been brainwashed. No. People don't want to make understand that they've slipped. Me, fortunate for me, I didn't go to school. So like I right. was like, ah, I'm not going to school, man. I hate school. I think that was probably one of the best choices only because... I didn't get, I had no way of getting indoctrinated, which could have possibly right. happened because after 9 11, everybody like that week, man, I was like mm -hmm. 18 years old. And we're like, so I'm going to the Marines, but they wouldn't accept <laughs> me because I right. wasn't in, I didn't go to school for like, you had to be in school from 10th to 11th grade, which I wasn't at all. I wasn't even never enrolled. So they didn't accept me. And I was like, I was all pissed, but 
probably the best thing. <laughs> that probably would have probably been Probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I just think that anything like that, they're always going to use to divide us because they know if we all come together, they're in deep crap. They know that if all of us like work our problems out or stop making it the race card or stop making it, you know, the morality card or the religion card or whatever card you want to play, if we all come together and we're a lot more alike than we are different, then, and especially now it's like men and women, like they're, they're trying to demasculate men and make women this big thing. And, and that's another thing. So it's just always something that they want to push. And it's because it keeps us apart. It doesn't oh, keep us unified. Yeah. And that's the breakdown of the family, which is like the whole Hegelian dialect. Like if you know anything about that, like, you know, for a fact, that's what they're trying to do. You know, yeah, it's, a, it's to demoralize. Some people don't even know what that means. <laughs> to divide the working yeah. class. Because yeah. like the working class, I, that's like my most passionate thing is I always hmm. tell people like, even like, for instance, right now I'm in Michigan and there's a strike. The, UA, the UAW is striking right now, the Chrysler buildings. Now they want to have four day work weeks and they're asking this, but there's other people that are like, that's insane. They should, why? Why when these people make a lot? Because they're like, we as the public are going to pay more. Look, why do we pay more? You don't even understand why we pay more for cars, do you? Because I worked in some car facilities. There's one plant that just makes bumpers. And these these companies have no affiliation with Chrysler. They sell it to them. So since you're piecing it all around, it's going to cost more. Mm -hmm. And it's more things that... They're they're not looking at the bigger picture. They're looking at like for instance, I always oh, since I we were talking about football earlier too. Yeah, I always see work like they don't consider football players working class people, right? Because they make millions of dollars, and they go, I can't believe he wants this contract. Well, you do realize that uh, and the average NFL player is like five years. A running back is mm-hmm. like two to three years. So why should they not maximize that small window that they have? Right. And you're going to complain, for a lifetime be like, of work. I can't yeah. for a lifetime of work, or mm-hmm. you could be, you, you could be damaged forever. You can yeah. bust, blow bust out of a knee. Mark. And could, well, yeah, and the brain CTE, injuries, like, yeah, the yeah. Brain injuries. Yep. Yep. then you get into a point where you're like, mm-hmm. oh man, I can't believe this guy's asking for 300 million, but you're not even considering the billions that are being made by the owners. You don't even yep. care. Because it's not something you're seeing every day and you're not thinking, hey, who's making all these news reports talking crap on the players? Oh, it's probably coming from the organization because the organization doesn't want to pay them. So they're making you, the fan base, turn on them so that they go, oh, man, maybe they'll ask. They don't see the games they play. And that's why we're always divided because people are so selfish. And 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 they're so leadable. I, I look at some things that I'm just like, no. I'm not going to do that. And if you stand up, even if it's a good friend, which I've had this happen this last week, we had a difference of opinion and I really believed in what I said. And she really believed in what she said. And instead of us just sitting down and talking about it, you know, it was trying to be like, um, you're going to do what I want or else. I'm going to be angry and that's all. And I'm like, that's not going to help anything like at all, because I'm never going to change my opinion and you're never going to change your opinion. So we can agree to disagree and still continue with our friendship and love, but, but that's not how it goes. And you know that that's what causes division in things, you know, and people can't accept. Well, for most people, we have different brains. Yeah. For me, like I, like 
<laughs> when people were like, man, I hear a lot of podcasters said this. They'll be like, man, with the politics, like, because people that were big on Trump, they're like, man, I lost family members through COVID. I personally didn't lose anybody because I've always been the same for such a long time that people know how I am. And they got cut out or like we separated a long time ago before mm-hmm. any of this stuff because I weeded people out. And if you're going to lose a friendship, if you're going to lose a family member over something so trivial, that's crazy yeah. to me. Like people were like yeah. ending friendships because they're like, hey, he's bo- voting Biden or he's voting Trump. Like at the end <laughs> of the day, they're both a uniparty. Uh, but, like, yes, that I'm like one find... step away from anarchy because it's all <laughs> yes, selected. Right. It's all selected, not elected. And it's not that I don't care about our country. When I say anarchy, people immediately think, oh, well, she doesn't love America. No, 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 no. I'm all about the Ryan Christian. I don't know if you listened to the last American Vagabond. Mm-hmm. He's oh, yeah, great. yeah. He's oh, amazing. Yeah. And, and he him. does all of his He's so thorough and he has open source. Yes, his yeah, sources. And James so Corbett when, is also a good one too. Yes, I would listen. And so when this all started, the thing from 2020 that will never go away, what I did as a nurse is educated myself and therefore started educating others. And I was literally shut down by every healthcare professional because they're like, no, that's wrong. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not just telling you this because it's my opinion. I'm going to show you some JAMA studies. I'm going to show you some math studies. I'm going to show you this stuff and they don't want to see it. And at some point you're just banging your head against a wall. You know, it, it's so frustrating. Well, you got to find the right people to break down the yeah. evidence. So like yeah. one thing that I like to point out in another podcast that I love, a lot of people that follow me know is No Agenda. No Agenda is one of my b- like favorite. No Agenda. Yeah. no Agenda. And yeah. when they were breaking stuff down, like when they were showing and yeah. exposing propaganda. So they remember they were saying the morgues are over flooded. They had to bring trucks in with ice bags to, to preserve the bodies which Mm -hmm. was true. But the reason that that was happening is because people couldn't have funerals. So a morgue can only fit so many people like before we start burying things. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not burying them, then they have, they have nowhere else to go. You're, you're having people. (laughs) So it gave the illusion of these bodies stacking on bodies. So people were like, Oh my God, again, with the mass things, like people would see studies and they'll be like, it doesn't matter how much you showed it. One of my favorite things it was, so hard. was people, <laughs> I would show people and it's even online it would happen, but like I would show people, I'll be like, well, how do we know that this PCR test is good? Because mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. Fauci said, if you, oh. if you have it so much cycles ramped up that it's dead. Gary Mollis. Yeah. Carrie like, Mollis yeah. Well, himself. that's what I would show. I would show them the Carrie Mollis video and then mm-hmm. they would go, Oh, where'd you find that? You and he like, hated he invented it. He hated like, he Fauci. Invented it and, got a, yeah. Yeah, and he got a Nobel Peace Prize for mm-hmm. this. And you're telling me, oh, he's just some guy on YouTube. I'm like, no, he's the inventor. No, it's not they like don't he's just some schmo like me. Like yeah. if it was just me saying it, okay, right. I get okay. it. But he yeah. said, if you ramp it up, he said, we all have molecules of all of these viruses and different yep. diseases. If, if you, you ramp it up, you can find anything. Yep. He said, you can find anything and anything. And so- and then he went off about Fauci and there's this podcast and it's tiny and it's mostly about surfing, but it's called the surfer's path. And he has an episode on this cause he was a big surfer. And yeah. so I-, I watched it and I thought, oh my gosh. And like, you would show it to people, but what it is is clips of him speaking himself, him himself speaking. And some of the funniest stuff is on there. Cause he's like, 
I told him Fauci, I'd debate him anytime and he won't debate me. And I said, yeah, right I now, and he's an idiot, you know? And I was like, well, I, got that. I sampled that for one of my oh, songs where he goes, and so I would say funny. to his face. Yeah, I, I would like... say it to his face. And I'm just, I'm just like, why is everybody so negative about this? Like you try to say anything. And, and before this all happened, before everything kicked off, every nurse knew that if you wear a mask in surgery, because they always bring up surgery and you touch it once, it's contaminated. That's it. It's done. How contaminated were these things? And they didn't bring up the studies where the children were getting worms. And I'm talking about parasites yeah, no. in their bum because they wouldn't wash their hands at school because they're kids and go to the bathroom and touch their mask and touch everything and and mm -hmm. then you know put it back on and reuse the same one every day and i'm like that is disgusting well Literally. also the the thing that like i found interesting because <laughs> i listen to like because what i'm gonna do is if i am not aware of a situation i'm gonna go talk listen to other yeah, people that know in, in that field yeah well what i heard a lot of a lot of nurses were saying really the whole point of a surgical mask is not necessarily to protect from a virus it's so i don't spit or yeah, like let my not, actual yeah. like uh, uh, fluids get all over yep. the patient and go into their open yeah. wound. Like, you know what I mean? I'm cutting yeah. somebody open. It's they, not they, about they lost breathing. the whole thing. Yeah. Well, Unless they even you said wear that they... an N95. And even then, the problem is with an N95, and most people don't know this, but the guy that did the OSHA for mm -hmm. masks came out and spoke out about this because of the schools. He was so upset because they were doing this to children. He said, even if you wore an N95, the particulate is too small for exactly. the N95 because it's so much smaller than tuberculosis and it barely filters that. Yeah. And so he's like, unless you have the crazy, my husband works in a mine, unless you have those kind yeah. of fitted with the crazy like things in the front, That's it's not it. going to work. Yeah. And the second you touch it now it's dirty and you'd have to change it a hundred times a day. Like it's not going to happen. And they're just dirty and gross. And I mean, I was so naughty, but at work, I just, I just would pull it down. and cons cause they were going to fire us, you know, yeah. and same, I mean, try and be a nurse and go through that oh, year. I believe it. And I, I luckily, luckily me trying to die all my life, saved <laughs> my ass. Because I have such bad allergies and asthma, they were like, she might die if, if we give her this. So yeah, yeah. I got the only note my doctor told me to. He's like, you are the only patient I have wrote a letter for because you might actually die. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> like, I didn't care yeah. why. I was like, cool. I don't care. Like, that's awesome. Well, but he I really believed in it. Yeah. Another nurse was talking about the N95 <laughs> mask. And this is like during the whole thing. Work. She said, yeah, she said when we get one first of all like to test it they would put like a box over their head and oh, spray lysol yeah. and she goes i they would have go to be like fitted. five six i would go through five six until we found the one because you would have to keep putting it on until mm -hmm. i didn't smell lysol and she was yeah. like it could be five six ten and then i finally find one it's just people want these like reassurances and again mm -hmm. they played off the fear in the beginning they showed the what seemed to be bodies falling everywhere in China. Yeah. So people were like, oh my it God, scared me at here. first. I was scared, scared as a nurse. Bet your butt I was scared. I was like I'm going to work in this, you know? But here's the thing. I also knew the science. I knew like, okay, even if I wear this mask for you, for you, I'm breathing out. It's not helping you. Yeah. And even if you get that injection, 
it doesn't matter. You're not, not going to spread it. Like, and then the whole super spreader talk and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, you guys. And that's why I finally started doing what you did looking for more information. Cause I was like, none of this makes nursing sense in my brain, none. And everybody else is just like, yeah, let sheep to the wolves. You know, I, I wasn't down. Like, I, I, I mean, I stand by what I said then I I'll stand by it again. If it's coming on up because it's always planned. They're planned by each election year. There's a pandemic, a pandemic, and, it, and it's I, completely bull. I think like there is possibilities <laughs> of all that, but I also think of like the Henry Kissinger. I think sometimes these things come along that they're not, it's, don't it let a good be, crisis go, use it. Yeah. Don't yeah. let a good crisis go to waste. I think yeah. that's the mentality of a lot of people. I don't know. I, I, this one was the, the bio I think. Yeah. This well, one we know that created. there's bio weapons yeah. and things like that, but we don't know the the full story of what they're no. trying to do. No. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, what can I worry about? And you can only tell people. Like I told a lot of people, you, you can ask Catalyst. I used to tell him because we did a lot of podcasts together and he would be like, yeah. oh man, they're sheep, they're sheep. I said, <laughs> man, you got to show them compassion, bro. Like right. they're people just like me and you. And you know what happens when you start yelling at them or telling them that no, they're, they're yeah, idiots? That's not the way. Right away, you're reinforcing what the media is saying about people like me and you that are not disagreeing with the so-called science. It has unquote. to just be like a presentation and like, here's one or two facts. You can't just bomb them either. No, it has not to even. be like, you don't even have to tell them anything. Yeah. I'm talking about you show, like what I would tell them, I was like, show them facts. I, I would, yes. No, not even like, I'm talking <laughs> about just like, you're going to the gas station, you're going to the liquor store and someone's wearing a mask. I'm gonna hold the door open oh, for I'm them. Just like I would hope them. to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you would see, that's what I'm saying. I go talk yeah. to them. I'm not talking to them because usually you're not going to change their mind unless you know them. If I know them, but then I will I'm, talk No, 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 but you're misunderstanding what I'm trying to say. I'm not talking about tell, I'm not going to go tell them that, hey, you oh. shouldn't be wearing a mask. I'm saying don't do that. Talk to oh, them like a normal yeah. human being. Be like, hey, how's oh, your yeah, day? Oh, yeah, I would do that. Yeah. That's when, when you, when you have these conversations, what ha I noticed through me being just, hey, what's going on? Normal. Blah, blah, blah. Not, yeah. not even remember, like not even thinking about their mask, not even caring, no. not talking about yeah. COVID, whatever. You know what would happen? They would end up taking off the mask because I would make them feel so comfortable that they're not even right. thinking. And, and and unconsciously, they're taking it down like, oh, like, hey, no, you know what I meant is blah, blah. Because I'm making them feel in. I'm not like right. bashing them. I have no idea. And when people did bring it, like I had UPS drivers come and I go, look, bro, if that's what you, if that makes you feel better, yeah. I'm not. I'm not, it's not up to me. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with you because I'm not going to wear one, but I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to. I don't think we should ever one. force, like if they want to do it, they can do it. If we, if, but I never treated anybody worse or anything. And even recently, because at the grocery store, as of late, I'm seeing them pop all up all yeah. over again. And I'm like, uh oh, so I finally, we haven't really seen them out here really. Oh, it's A so bad people. already. Like, and I, I said to one girl, cause it seemed to be all the employees. And I just said, can I ask you a question? And she said, yeah. I said, are they making you do that? Or are you choosing to do that? And she said, no, no, I just don't feel the best today. And I said, I, I don't mean to dis disrespect you. I was just curious, you know, if it was like a new mandate well, because, because I'm concerned for me as a nurse. And she well, was like, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know. But what her. you got to understand too, is that the first message re so say someone's accused of something, right? They're mm -hmm. falsely accused of murder. It's mm -hmm. everywhere. It's on every every newspaper, every magazine, every uh, uh, news station. Turns out it's phony charges. 
you're not going to see that same blasted out. And that's the same thing that happened with this. So mm -hmm. it was blasted out. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Say, be safe, man. Be like, you know, don't yeah. do grandma. So like, even there's nobody really challenging. Now I will say CNN did recently half out you on, they did challenge him on mask. They go, well, what about this study? What about that study? I think that to me, like whether it's Illuminati, Fallen Angels, right. Freemason, whatever, whatever it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Like at the end of the day, if you believe in God or you don't believe in God, if you believe in yourself, if you believe in the uh, mother uh, nature or the earth, right. you know, whatever you believe in, all that matters is do you be a better you try your best to not challenge it. Cause we need these people. They're on our team. And in, in the end us fighting right. with them does us no good. So no. do your best to be like, okay, if you have an opportunity, and they're willing to talk about it and they would like some information, give it to them. If right. not, just treat them like with compassion. Be like, hey, man, I got nothing but love yeah. for you, man. I hope everything's good with you. That's what is going to be way more effective than us yelling at them and being like, you hate it. You're, you're making us all like because they're not doing yeah. it to hurt us. Well, it makes they're us in look fear. crazy, too, because then we look like what they say we are like, oh, they're crazy and they're not doing this because they're crazy. And look at the crazy exactly. people. And then we act crazy. And I don't do that. I just try to little by little say things if it's appropriate. But if it isn't, I don't, you know, I'm not going to bring it up out of the blue. I'm not going to be mean or disrespectful. I'm just going to do what I would normally do. You know, like the great the philosopher, Jackie moon from the uh, Flint tropics would say, everybody love everybody. E yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're all going to be in this literally together, just like they said. So at the end of the day, we all have to choose how we're in it, how we act, how we respond. And that's all goes back to that whole, what you were saying about controlling your emotion and not being just reactive, reactive, reactive. Mm -hmm. And I'm a very reactive person, or maybe I used to be more. And now I'm just like, Hey, you know, and somebody even said to me, I'm going to give this to God. And still they were mad at me. And I said, well, me too. Cause I'm not God and I don't have the <laughs> answers, you know, and yeah. I didn't. And I don't. And so at the end of the day, sometimes that's really all you can do, you know, is give it up to whatever you said, like power, God, for some people, whatever that is, sometimes you're never going to get the answer. Maybe not even when you die. Like, yeah, I, we don't might. know. We don't even know. So, but if you I mean, faith, I believe we do, but you know, that's a different no, subject. Yeah, that's our own little our own little world yeah. of it. But I, I totally agree. And I just think that's how we move forward, man. Like yep. compassion, empathy, and mm -hmm. understanding and communicating, proper communication with each other. It's, and whether we like it or not, something's up because something's changing. And so we all need to be better prepared this time to not be like that not to be the 2020 horrible we i saw some really horrible things come out in people during that year and i just oh yeah i don't think that's a good way you know i think we need to like you said be more compassionate be less reactive even if you're extremely like believe in something that's your belief that doesn't have to be my belief but don't come at me at it now if somebody comes at me though if you come for me I'm, I'm going to tell you why yeah. I choose what I choose, not in a mean way. I'm just going to tell you this is why. And you can't force me either. 
you know, well, don't. Force I know it. everybody thinks that like it's going to be COVID and it's going to be these viruses all the time. There's going to be a little play of all that stuff. That's not what's next. What's coming up next is we've seen it for down the pipeline for project Bluebeam is coming and climate. No, control. I disagree. Like we can see all that. I you think, don't think no, they're climate gonna... change, climate change, climate they're change already is the real fear that they could. Cause look, the alien thing, that's like all fun. Like we, we talk about it a lot. Like, like uh, Joel, my uh, co-host, he he's like all about nephilim like he's like he's mm -hmm. your nephilim expert he's like our nephilim. <laughs> he's all about nephilim and um we talk about <laughs> it and he's always saying like i think the blue beam crap all the people talking about blue beam i think it's a bunch of bogus bull crap because what's going to happen is people are going to think it's this fake invasion but it's not a fake invasion it's really fallen angels that mm -hmm. are coming down I, and like so and then he thinks all the truthers so used to are, it yeah no but he's saying that like what's going to happen is like so all the people that critically <laughs> think and that push against a lot of stuff are now so focused blue beam blue beam blue beam blue beam that when they see that they're going ah that's fake that's the hologram but oh, maybe it is a hologram but maybe, maybe there's a, a, a fallen angel in there maybe it is something mm -hmm. but again that's not to me i think that's more <laughs> Uh, far-fetched right like there's there's possibilities of it i leave it open for all kinds of possibilities because i don't know right. but what can we see right now we can right. see right now climate change has been huge like they got the sunrise movements back and active mm -hmm. they, they got people in fear of like hey we're gonna die we only have 10 more years even though they keep saying that like every 10 years that's what we have to like <laughs> and back in the 80s it was we were oh all God, gonna freeze yeah. to death remember it was no that was the, age. The, the, the 70s with uh <laughs> leonard, leonard nimoy he had the and whole they kept special. saying oh it's gonna it's gonna be another ice age and now they're like oh we're gonna burn to death and i'm not really as concerned but the problem with climate change is is it's on it's non like the carbon and all the stuff they're talking about is they can't unprove it. It's like so. It's such it's a good like racket. a virus. It's like, it's a, like good a good virus. racket. Yeah, because they a can virus you keep it forever. Because like <laughs> also like that's why COVID extended, and this is the same reason how they'll get some of the climate change. Mm -hmm. Like so, COVID, right? People were like, "Oh man, I think I got COVID." Oh, you can't go to work for two weeks. I remember the FedEx driver was like, "Yeah, I had COVID, man. I was out for two weeks." He's telling me that I'm gonna say you're out for two weeks, huh? You had a temperature of 105, 106 for a week. You're dead, bro. Like, you're dead. <laughs> like that's what, because they would use that because they were, because yeah. they're talking to their bosses. They don't want to go to work. I got right. COVID. I was I super COVID. sick, but it depends on the person. I had to go to work still. But like, mm -hmm. I, I was pretty sick. I still had to go to work because nobody was there to work. My boss was on vacation. I got COVID from someone that got my buddy that took the jab. He went to New yeah. York, came back, they all got us all it, yeah. sick. And I don't know because yep. I didn't take the test, but my brother took a test and he took a mm -hmm. test. They both came back positive COVID. Well, and I had now, to take a test because I'm a nurse and yeah, I yeah, got yes. sick. And so then I got I got sick at work because everybody was getting, you know, the shot. And then I got sick because I didn't, I think, because they they they're so funny. People are so gullible that they believe, oh, that can't happen. It can't spread from person to person. Yes, it can, because they have a rabies shot that spreads from dog to dog, and they've had it for a long time. They shed it off, and the other dogs yeah, get well, some immunity from it. So don't tell me they don't have the, well, you, you know, capability. Out, it yeah. That's why, like, oh, no, the, the, the shot. 
Yeah, that's shot. what I'm talking about. Yeah. They sneeze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you still sneeze it out. It still comes yeah. through your like day to day stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you shed it. Yep. Uh, like uh, Doctor McCullough talked about it a lot. Yes. He was talking about yes. like he's um, the best. Yeah, I like Doctor McCullough a lot. And I thought yeah. he said it could because a lot of people get into the panic mode. He goes to me, if you took the vax mm-hmm. after a year, it's out of your system. Yeah. The problem, quit, quit and the reason we're <laughs> yes, the reason we're seeing so much myocarditis <laughs> and stuff of that nature is because you keep boosting every six months. Mm-hmm. Now you're in, increasing the chances of something bad to happen. It's just yeah. how it goes. Well, and it seems to me that if people really understood about viruses, uh, if you believe in them, some people don't. What's your in theory? Yeah, no. I get that, but if you are a believer in the regular way, okay. Everyone knows that as a virus, when it first comes out, it's the worst it's going to be. That's why the plague was so bad at first. And then what happens? It gets more transmissible, but it's not as serious. Okay. So every year it should be less serious, more contagious, which is like the cold, the common cold. But now they're trying to ramp it up that all these, oh, it mutated. I'm like, every virus mutates. What are you talking about? Like, this happens. This is normal. This is normal. And they act like it's not normal. That was my first clue that something was up because I was like, most people don't know that, though. That's the thing is you're you're talking to people. (laughs) It's a foreign language to people that don't ever deal with anything like that. Nurses. These were nurses being fooled. And I'm like, dude, you know better. Like, you know, or doctors even. And I would tell them like, you, you know, and they were like, no, no, that's not got to cover it all and do the things. And I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense. And I kind of got into it one time and he's like, you send me the information with a doctor. And I was like, yeah. I was like on the button to send it. And then I was like, do you like your job? <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. maybe I shouldn't send that, you know, yeah, yeah. better shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's what I mean, that. yeah, sometimes I, I did still tell him what I, what I wanted to tell him. I just didn't want to send it like in writing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Get definitely. My butt in trouble, you know, but yeah, we can't control this world. Nobody can control this world. Not even the people that think they control this world can Definitely. control this world. So we have a fight in this game. We're not down unless we don't stick together. That's the thing. I think that's the biggest message that it should, should have given to people is that if you're such a fool that you think that those people that are at the high elite are going to take care of you, you think the government cares about you. I, that's hilarious to me. They don't. You know, or they would change a lot of things, but they don't do that. And so why don't they give out free insulin? Why don't they do other things? You know, no, they don't care. We could go down the line. They don't care about you. And so the quicker you figure that out, and especially baby boomers, they really trust the government. And I mean, I looked at a few people Uh, and just said, no way. Yeah. It's wild to me. It is pretty crazy. I'm like, I'm Gen X. So I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, we hate everything. We're like, (laughs) no. I I also, I got a bone to pick with a lot of Gen Xers because they always try to, they try to get a pass on everything. They're like, man, we didn't do anything. The world's fucked up because of millennials. (laughs) And I'm like, man, are you telling me, man? I was like, you guys raise kids too, man. Like, don't, I mean, like, I'm not blaming it on them. I'm just like, take some. Everybody's involved. Everybody's in in We're all accomplices in this. It is what it is. <laughs> but but we can all change it how we react the next time. Exactly. I understand the fear, but we all saw that everybody around you didn't die. There were some, 
there were some. And I don't know, I have some weird little coincidence, just coincidences, like it hits certain races different. And I'm sorry, as a nurse, I recognize that that scares me. That terrifies me to know, like that, because my family's all mixed. So I'm like, you know what, that scares me, you know, but we just have to go from here on out because they're never, you're never going to be able to prove this. Never. Never, 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 never. It's going to be just like Tuskegee and it's going to be shoved under a rug and you don't trust the government. That's when people try to talk to me about trust the government. I'm like, go read about the Tuskegee whole situation and, and other it's not, it's not alone. You know, if you're a native American and you took that, you're insane. You're insane. Like, do you know what they did to your people? Like, do you have any idea? Like, you're going to trust the government? Like, I'm not trusting anybody except for people I know. You yeah, know, that's like, for sure. You're, you're close-knit people. And eventually, if there were anything that happened serious, those people are going to branch out into little communities. And you'll mm-hmm. you'll figure out who your people are, just like we do in podcasting. And I've noticed it. I'm like, immediately, they know who's BSing. Who's not, who's truthful, who's not, who's real, who's not. And I've watched it happen, you know, and, and eventually you see it. And so those people will band together, but if they think we're going to lay down and let them roll over on us, it ain't going to happen. No, not this time around. Well, not, there's always going to be some of of (laughs) us that are going to uh, stand up against stuff and people will see over time, like, well, I mean, in general of the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like them trying to take guns or them trying to do this. And that's the thing that everybody wants America to fall because we have guns and guns. When they disarm a population, you can look this up and we won't go into it because we're long right now, but guns give people power. They just do. And I'm not talking yeah. about using them irresponsibly or any of that, but just the fact that they know that they're accessible or that maybe your grand grandpa had one or whatever. They know you're not just going to roll over. You know, Texas ain't rolling nowhere. Yeah. You I know? mean, look at Australia, man. Like Australia, yeah. they're easy to take over. They have no guns. And <laughs> why, the reason why Japan never invaded America, yes. they say it. They said, because if we invade America, there will be a barrel behind every blade of grass yes. because yep. we are a well um, armed Sicilian yeah. uh, civilians, not just yep. the military, which the military is that. And it, Sicilians are well armed as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Like it's, it, it's got to become a point where we all like, if the crap really did hit the fan and we all had to have more of a nomadic society or whatever, you're going to want to be able to find those people without driving people away Definitely. because you have, like you, it goes back to that communication it goes back to not scaring people. It goes back to just treating that person that had to wear it for that job and, you know, maybe they didn't have to, but maybe they literally would be on the street. I don't know. You know, it's all about you inside. Some people would say that's enough and I'll go for that. And that's okay too. You know, I support, I support both. So if you feel like you can't do that, then that's you. And if you feel like you should do that, I mean, I was going to quit, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. me, but you can't make people do anything, you know, you can't. I totally agree. Yeah. We all just have to work on ourselves. I think that you mentioned that quite a bit. That's and usually my, that's my main, truth. my main key <laughs> is just like work on yourself, make yourself better. 
And then you will in turn make the world better because you will put more yes. of that energy out there and it will spread to people just like negative energy spreads. A positive yes. energy will spread. And that's how we slowly but surely fix the world little by little. Yes, yes I agree 100%. And try and be that person that is there for others that might be struggling because at the end of the day, you know, that's sometimes what little tiny thing a person needs, you know, that yeah. maybe might change their, their whole thing. Like if they were suicidal or whatever that day, I mean, we can't just say, Oh, well, they're degenerate of society or, Oh, they don't matter. Or, Oh, that's a deadbeat dad or whatever. You don't know. You don't know what they went through, etc. Like we don't have to know to be human. Definitely. Get back to being human, you know, stop and stop with this whole male bashing and drives me insane. Like <laughs> that really gets to me because men are supposed to be men and they're not supposed to think like us. They're not sorry. They don't understand us either. Well, I'm kind of a guy. Most guys do understand me <laughs> in my brain. I'm like, yeah, I get it. But like, I get that there's other people that are different. So that's my soapbox on that. Definitely let them be part of their children's lives. That hurts everybody, whether mom or dad, doesn't matter. Don't hurt your kids. So that's on me. Uh, I don't know. Any other last words for you? On this Just like I said, ELE, everyone love everyone. <laughs> yes, let's be that. Let's be the change. Be the change. All right. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for talking to me tonight. I think this went a good way. I think this went. Oh, into yeah. Where this it was the best supposed kind of to conversations. Go. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, I won't take up your whole night and I know it's probably getting late where you are. So we'll cut off there and until the next time and want to plug all your things, all your socials, all your good stuff. So they know where to find you. Killthemockingbirds.com. You can find everything, all our socials, our podcasts. We have a disinformation section where we actually put up material, uh, different papers, studies, uh, things that we think are important for people to read on to. Go check out The Birch. And don't forget to check out the music, Sean Chris, S-E-A-N-C-H-R-I-S on all music streaming platforms. Awesome. Definitely. I follow those so I can attest. Go check them out. You're going to like it. And I really appreciate you coming on tonight. I appreciate Thank you, you again. inviting me. All right. Thanks so much.